Black Business University is the authority on black business success and black entrepreneurship, bringing you the latest in strategies, tactics, tools, tips, and resources to help you create soaring success. Be sure to rate the show and, of course, let us know what you need to stay ahead of the business curve. Go to blackbusinessuniversity.com to get your free trial of BBU. And now, here's today's episode. All right, y'all ready for the next speaker? Y'all ready for the next speaker? All right, so in 1995, I wrote my first business book called About My Sister's Business. And either before that, the year before that, or the year after that, another powerful business book came out called Sister CEO. And this woman was all over the place talking about how to empower black women to not have funny money, to build wealth, and to build their businesses. And we have her here today. Are y'all excited about that? She has been empowering people, not just black people, but people all over the world. She's been featured in multi, multi, multiple news outlets, national. She's been featured in Essence Magazine, Ebony Magazine. Have you been on the cover of Jet? Have you been on the cover of Jet yet? Swimsuit edition? Not yet? All right, y'all give it up for Cheryl Bruchard! So I went in there and I learned everything I could 
about the investment business. And I just soaked it all in. And I would ask all the brokers, all the male brokers who were mainly Caucasian, and you know what? They just gave me all this information to say, oh, you know what? I think they had a bet on me that I wasn't even going to last. Because it's a tough business. And I knew that they probably figured, you know what? She wouldn't be here very long. So let us just, you know, give her this information. So they gave me all the information, and I learned, and five years later, I was gone. I had my own money management firm. I took all that information. Those brokers are still today working in that office. Some of them are like 90 years old, but I left five years later because I went in there with a plan. The plan was I'm going to go in here, I'm going to learn this business, I'm going to start my own business, and I'm going to go back and take the information back to the community. Because nobody at the time was talking to anybody, uh, anybody about investing. Not in our community. Even, even Essence. Right, my first book was called The Black Woman's Guide to Financial Independence. Anybody seen that book? It's old, 1992. And I can tell you, when I wrote that book, I could not even get Essence to even put it in the magazine. And when I finally talked to someone, I said, how come you all won't even mention the book in Essence? And they said, well, black women are not interested in money. Now, this is 92. Think of this as 92. And it was amazing, the thought process that was going on with the people who were working at Essence. So finally, two years later, they finally wrote something about the book. But it took me a long time to get to them. So what's, what I'm trying to say here is it took me a while to get the black community talk about this stuff, about money. We never talked about money, did we? Come on, raise your hand. We didn't talk about money. I mean, that's why we're so kind of far behind, because we never had this discussion. I mean, I wish, when I first got started, that I had the Black Millionaire Summit to come to. I wish I had this, because I've had to do it all by trial and error, and I've lost a ton of money, and so what you are can benefit here is from learning what we have, the mistakes that we have already made, and you all don't have to make them. So that's what's so advantageous about you being here. So from that, I wrote that first book. And that first book, what it did for me is it, it allowed me, I mean, I got tons of publicity, Black Enterprise, Ebony. Then I began speaking on CNN. Uh, I was getting asked CNBC all over just from that one book. And then when I did Sister CEO, I was even able to, to leverage that. And that's what I want to talk to you about. How do you do it? I'm not going to talk too much about money. A little bit I will. But I want to talk to you about starting a business and how do you create this million-dollar empire. You all want to know that? Yes. Yes. That's what we're here for. It's about how do you do it. And I'm a tools, I'm a nuts and bolts and a tools person. Okay? I love the... Some of the, I'm trying to say it in a nice way. It's about business. I'm going to tell you all that. It's about business. You have to do the business, and you're going to have to work hard. So we're going to talk about that, what it does it take for you to succeed. So let's get started. Here's what it takes. Number one, you must make a decision to be wealthy. That's number one. And Fran has already talked about this. A lot of what I'm going to talk about you already heard earlier today or yesterday but it doesn't hurt to hear it over and over again. But you've got to make a decision to be wealthy. And see, a lot of us will not make that decision because we're afraid to make the decision. We're afraid that if we don't become wealthy, that we are a failure. But what I'm here to share with you is that it has nothing to do about 
whether you're a failure or not, as Russell said, there really isn't any failure because you're always learning lessons from it. So making the decision to be wealthy, you need a die-hard belief system. Never give up. Because I'm telling you, you are going to go through some obstacles and some issues and things, challenges that you never thought we would have ever had to deal with. I mean, look at today. How many of you would have ever imagined that the financial economics what's going, marketplace is where it is today? Who would have ever imagined that? And that people who are 50 years and over are losing their jobs and losing half of their 401k. Would you have ever imagined that? Would you? No, not at all. So you never know what the challenges are going to be, what's going to happen. So it's really important that you have this die-hard belief system that says, you know what, I can do this and I'm going to keep going no matter what. You know, need to know how to play hardball. What, and do you know what that means, playing hardball? See, here's the other thing that when I first got started in business, I made the mistake of mixing up my personal beliefs with my business beliefs. And there, you can't do that. You can't be always nice in business, because otherwise you won't make it. And I think that's one of the major challenges with African Americans is that we are too nice. We're too nice. And as a result of that, we don't get the stuff that we should get, because we're so nice about it. So you've got to learn how to play hardball in business. You can't confuse the business, the business with the personal. You just cannot. Because when you do that, you're afraid, like, well, you know what, they may not like me. Well, if I, if I raise my prices, then what are they going to think about me? So you can't have that mindset. Because when you have that mindset, it really stops you from becoming wealthy. It's not all about the money, but it is kind of like all about the money. The next thing is to always ask for what you want. See, here's the other thing. We're always afraid to ask for what we really want. And as a result of that, we don't get it. So whether it is, I mean, something, something as simple as you're here in this hotel and you want to upgrade. Can I get an upgrade? What are you going to say? Yes or no, right? But the mere fact that you asked, See, I'm always asking. I ask for everything. I ask for upgrade for the car. I ask for upgrade for a hotel room. I ask for the best view. I ask to be upgraded to first class if I don't already have first class. You know, sometimes I don't get first class, and so I have to, you know, ask for it. You know, so you always have to ask. And in business, you have to ask for everything. Something that we just don't do. So I have learned, I'm telling you, these are all the lessons that I am now learning. You've got to ask for everything that you want and don't be afraid. And it does take a lot of courage, but you can do this. The next thing is you have to create your own opportunities. Stuff will not just come to you. You have to create it. You've got to go out there. You have to be just the mere fact that you all are here. You don't know where the opportunities are going to come from. Somebody can walk up to you and say, you know what? I think that you and I could do a great joint venture together. What kind of, what are you, what kind of product do you have? Oh, you know what? I think my clients would like that. Would like that. So can I? Listen, you want to do a joint venture with me? And that's how all these guys work. Stephen Pierce. If you look at Stephen Pierce, do you, you all know him from before? Did you know him? I've, I've been following him for a long time, and he is in this crowd, this group of these internet gurus, and they all just hang out with each other, and they just give each other business. See, that's some of the stuff that we don't do. So 
So it's really about networking, which is why you know, you're here, because it's about networking. Who do you know? Who do I know? And really, it's about relationships. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Oh, it's right there. Oh, I'm skipping, but always be competitive. Let's, let's talk about that first. You have to be competitive. Business is a game, and you have to learn how to play the game. It's like playing Monopoly. And you have to like to win. Because if you don't like to win, you're not going to win. And I learned this again the hard way. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just be nice. And maybe they'll give it to me. No. It don't work like that. You better get out there and fight for it. And you better become, that's why I was saying you got to learn how to play hardball. In fact, the name of my next book, which comes out in January, is called Playing Hardball with the Big Boys. And I teach you how to play hardball because the one thing for me and, and for, as a woman, and see, the challenge sometimes that I have is that people look at me and they say, oh, you know, well, she's so cute and, you know, she doesn't know anything about business. And when I get in there and open my mouth up, they're like, oh. Because, see, I can fight. Back there against the wall, I'm going to fight. Okay? I'm from Chicago. <laughs> All right? And I tell myself this all the time. I said, look, I am from Chicago. Don't mess with me. Because, and that's how you have to be in business. The next thing is, it's all about relationships. It is all about relationships. It is who you know. And that's why each and every one of you, you want to build a million-dollar Rolodex. Because it's, that's the key. I have recently hooked up with a Jewish company well, he's Jewish. He's the owner. Um, who runs a production company, a TV production company. And he has a marketing company. So he has been helping me to market myself and brand myself out there. But he has the connections that I could not get to if it wasn't for him. You understand what I'm saying? So that is the reason why sometimes you've got to look outside of who you know or even your own community. Because sometimes you can get other people can offer you uh, a relationship that you can't offer. This guy is going to be able to get me on. I just created a uh, infomercial, a two-spot infomercial. You may not have seen it yet. It ran on BET TV One. It was about two weeks ago. It's getting ready to go back out. We did so well. I'm going to talk more about infomercials in a few minutes, but we did so well on that. So well that I'm going to go on HSN. Can you believe that? They called us. HSN called me up and said, we want her to be on there. So I'm going to be on HSN. So here again, if it wasn't for him and his connections, I would not have been able to do that. You've got to become a marketing machine. This I cannot stress enough. You have to be this machine. This, all you do is market, market, market. How do you think all these people make, make so much money? You see them everywhere, don't you? Even Russell Simmons, when he was really in his heyday, what was he doing? Didn't you always hear about Russell Simmons? He was always in the newspapers. I mean, look at Oprah. Oprah's always someplace where you can see her. She's in all the magazines, isn't she? That is all about being out there all the time and letting people see you, what you're doing, because that's what's so crucial is being, you know, this marketing machine. And that's something that I had a hard time, had a little bit of a hard time learning about this. 
about how do I be this marketing machine where I'm out here all the time hustling? Because you gotta hustle. You gotta hustle. Do not think for a moment that this is all easy. It is not. It's simple, yes, but you still gotta hustle. Because otherwise you're not gonna make it. You'll just make it to just this level and then that's it. So becoming this marketing machine is crucial. You have to make yourself famous, literally. Why did you all come here? Who was here that you really wanted to see? Tell the truth, anybody. Fran, who, Russell Simmons. Everybody, okay. But there was one, wasn't it just like the celebrity stuff that kind of pulled you here a little bit? Come on, be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because that's what the, we are a celebrity conscious culture. So if you want to have your own business, you have to make yourself famous. And that's not as hard as you think it is. How many of you got the water, the bottle of water? that uh, Fran had, the Black Millionaire or something. Wasn't that great? Hold it up for a second for those maybe you all didn't see it. I loved it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I want, I'm going to go back and have my own water. I'm serious. I'm going I'm to have my own debit card. It's going to be Shropery Stars debit card. See, that's the kind of stuff that's branding and you make yourself famous. I just hired Russell Simmons' PR person. Yes. And she just called me today because she was here last night with Russell at his event. So she called me and said, there's a reporter here that I want you to meet. And she wants to do a story, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to be meeting Cheryl Jackson today. In fact, she's going to take me to the airport because we weren't able to get together earlier. So those kind of connections are so important. So I've hired her to get me out there, to put me in these places, to get me on Oprah, to get me on Today's Show, to get me on Good Morning America. And at some point, you're going to have to do that, each and every one of you. Because if you don't make yourself famous by doing, and you can be famous just in your own community or in your own business, okay? But you do have to make yourself famous. You have to leverage yourself. And what does that mean? That means that you're not going to be able to do everything on your own. Here's, again, another hard lesson. You've got to have investments, things that are coming in, where it's, you're making money 24-7. Making money while you're sleeping. Write that down. Making money while you're sleeping. Because that is what, how you leverage yourself, and that's how you really become wealthy. If you leverage yourself, and that is by creating products that you're gonna offer. And I think Stephen mentioned this, for those of you who may not have been here, he's, or it was someone who was talking about the service business. Because when you're in a service, maybe a liar, when you're in a service business, it's not enough, because it's only you. Unless you have a franchise, but when you, you've got to have a product. You've got to have something that's always working for you all the time, and that's how you leverage yourself, so that's crucial. And then you have to create systems. You've got to create a system. Several systems, an internet system, a marketing system, a business system, all of these have to be systems in place. And again, another hard lesson for me. Because I was so busy trying to do all these different things with no system and not really making any money. And it wasn't until I finally sat down and created these systems that the money began coming in. And that's why I'm going to share with you how do you build that million dollar cash empire. The first thing you have to do is find a niche. Find a niche. So give, using me as an example, when I first got started, 
I used black women as my niche. Now, I got a lot of flack. Everyone said, now why are you writing this book for African-American women? And I, well, I said, well, you know, the information is the same. You know, what's the, what's the difference? But when I went to the bookstore and I saw all the other books for women and money, they all kind of look the same. So I said, well, I've got to find something that's going to make me stand out. I want somebody, I want, you know, Good Morning America, CEN, to call me up. So what do I need to do differently? I found a myth. I said, okay, I'm an African-American female. Why don't I go after African-American women and write book, books to them? And that's how I got my start from using that niche. So each and every one of you in here, you need to find what is that niche? It could be anything. It could be cookies for di diabetics. It could be, um, I'm trying to think, name, name a niche. Anyone want to name a niche? Working mothers. You can, working, working single mothers. You even want to get it way down. Anyone else? Another good niche? Boomer women, yes. Who's the gentleman here who has the company called Half Price Geeks? Yes, Half Price Geeks. I love that. And I'm going to tell you something. Who you should go after? Boomer women. Because we don't have a clue how to use the computers. Absolutely. Do we? Come on, raise your hand, boomer women in here. You all know how to use the computers? <laughs> Wait, is only a few boomer women in here? Okay. Good, good target market for you. I thought about that last night. Good market for you because we don't understand how to use it, or we may know how to do it, but we just don't want to do it. You rather pay somebody to do it. And that's what we talk about. Find out what are the pains and the pleasures of the niche. What's the pain? Really, it's the pain. Because people will do anything necessary to get out of that pain. Anything. So if it's a painful situation for them, they're going to pay the money for it. You know, they'll, they'll pay you 100 bucks to come over here and, re, and redo ever, redo my computer or whatever it is, or $500. It's, to them, it's worth it. It's the same, so with any niche, you find out what is their pain. So even like today, that's why the gentleman yesterday, he was uh, Mr. Tycoon. The pain for people today, what? We're short sales and, and foreclosure. So he has found a niche you know, I was thinking about a book called, and don't steal this, okay? Uh, it's called, uh, let's see, because someone sent me an email and said, how do you, what do you do, how do you build your credit after a foreclosure? And right away it gave me an idea. I was like, wait a minute, I don't, how do you build your credit after foreclosure? And I thought, I haven't seen anyone talking about that lately. Have you? So it's mine. But you are, you, it's enough for everybody, so you can do it too. But uh, how do you go? You're so thinking about these little different niches. So what are some of the pains? Because, and here's the thing, it's not always about what you like. See, here's the confusion. When you start your business, it might not be just about you. And don't get confused. It's about what does the marketplace want? So make sure you do that because when you start thinking about, well, I only like this, but you know what? They may not like it. So you've got to find something that the marketplace wants and needs. Also, you want to start off with one product, an e-book, a CD, a DVD, something that you can sell. 
uh, maybe Mr. What's your name? Sorry, Oliver. Maybe Oliver could come out with a CD on how to boost your computer and offer it away for free. Okay, give a lot of stuff away for free, or do you own a nail shop? If I'm not mistaken, nail spots. You could come up with a free CD or a free DVD showing women how to um, do their nails at home. Believe it or not, you will not lose business from that. You think that you would, he would, right? Because you're thinking, if I'm going to offer them a CD or a DVD on how to take care of my nails at home, they won't come and do business with me. It's the exact opposite. Because then what it's saying is that, you know what, I'm really interested in you as a core customer. So, and the fact that you're offering this to me, it makes me more want to come in and do business with you. So you've got to come up with any kind of an idea or a product, a DVD, an audio CD, an e-book, special report. And when we talk about e-books, it could be 10 pages. It could be five pages. It does not have to be a big book, okay? Come up with just one little thing, whatever it is that is you think your niche would like, okay? So just come up with one product. Make sure the niche, though, has money to spend. So on the other side of the coin, when I was thinking about the people who are building their credit after foreclosure, I said, well, wait a minute. Will they have the money to buy the book or to buy the product or whatever? And the answer that came to me was, yes, they will have the money. Be exactly, because they can afford not to. So they need the information, they need the service, they need it. So, but still, think along the lines of, will they have the money to buy the product or provide or buy the services that I offer. Because I tell you one thing, you do not want to go after a niche with no money. Because you will go broke, okay? Trust me on that, you'll go broke. And then you want to do is you want to create this multi-marketing system to supply the products to the niche. So, for direct email marketing, where you're doing everything on, on email, direct marketing through email, you've got, uh, Social media, which, you know, Web 2.0, YouTube, all of those things. And I know Steven talks about that, so I'm not going to go into lots of, of uh, things about that. Search engine marketing, same thing. Print, classified ads, magazines, all of those things. People, believe it or not, are still using them. A lot of people are thinking that, well, because of the Internet, that nobody is using, you know, the newspapers or the, the magazine, classified ads. They're using all of those. As a matter of fact, if you use that and not the internet, in addition to the internet, you're going to stand out even more because nobody is using any of them. They're not using postcards. They're not using any of that stuff. So make sure that you start using all of these things. Radio, radio infomercials. How many people in here have heard about this summit from the radio? Raise your hand. Radio is powerful. Look how many people came in here from the radio. It's very powerful. So if you have your own business or you have an event or anything, make sure you use the radio. Radio infomercials. Today you can buy 30 minutes on, an, on, a, um, on the radio as if it's like a talk show. And it's just, have you done that? You offer that. What's your name? Careers from the Kitchen Table. Love it. So you all should get with her. 
See, she offers that. So you can do a 30-minute infomercial selling your product, but it's very much like a talk show. I love it. It's great. Television, infomercials, uh, HSN, QVC, all of these things we're talking about. This is how the money is being made. And when I did that infomercial, I want to share with you what happened. Well, when I did the infomercial for my product, and it was a short form, so it wasn't a long one. I haven't done the long one yet. We're going to do the long one next. And a short form was only like two minutes. And what it was, I had some testimonials, and in fact, you guys, you can go and see it if you go to mindyourmoney.tv, so M-I-N-D-Y-O-U-R money.tv, and you all will be able to see it. But when you see it, we, um, it, it aired, gosh, several places. And we ended up pulling in, just from one weekend, about $90,000 in one weekend. So we're getting ready to go back on the air. We were waiting until after the uh, election, because all the time was bought up by Obama and McCain. So it was really hard to get any spots. So we're getting ready to go back on the air and show again. But I tell you something, the infomercial is big money. It's huge. You see Tony Robbins, all these, and uh, what's the other one, Proactive. You know how much money those people are making? It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're talking about millions of dollars. Because what's happening is you are reaching out to so many people. Again, leverage. Leveraging yourself to be able to reach millions of people at one time. 14 million people saw me that one weekend. Now, I could have never have done that, doing what I'm doing today. I love, I, I love this, I love speaking, but I love it even better when I can reach 14 million people and I'm not even there. Isn't that great? How many would love to have that? Absolutely, absolutely. Doing tell uh, and, and then to be on HSN. I cannot wait to get on there. Susie Orman, watch out. I'm telling you. You know, because I saw her on QVC and she was selling this financial box or something. She sold like, I think she sold 15,000 of them for $60 in one day, or one hour. One hour, can you believe it? So TV is a major, major, major marketing tool. If you can use any kind of television, it's absolutely the best to get on there. Telephone, teleseminars. I love the telephone, I love teleseminars because now you can actually do so much stuff on, on the telephone. You can have seminars, I mean it's great that you all are here, but imagine if we could have gotten everybody on, and we fact you can. We could have gotten everyone in this room on the telephone doing a teleseminar, a telesummit. It could have been called a telesummit. It's not the same because, because it's kind of nice when, we're, you know, when it's all of us here, right? It's, it's, you know, we get to meet, network with people. I mean, that's why this has its advantages because you network with folks, but, but you could have done this on the phone. So imagine whatever your niche is. So let's say, for example, I think uh, it was Stephen yesterday. He had the example of a lady who had a, was it knitting or sewing or something. And she's doing these teleseminars on the phone about knitting. Can you believe that? I mean, come on, what can you, you're right. What could you say about knitting or sewing or something? But you know what? There's a hobby. Everybody has all these hobbies. I just told my ex-husband, I gave him a great idea, which I hope he will take it so he can make some money. 
but he loves horses. He loves to, to ride horses. And so, and he's also an artist. So I was, wow, well, what happened? In my mind, just kind of always thinking of ideas to make money. Because that's how entrepreneurs are. We're always thinking about how can we make some extra money. And so as I was thinking about this, about him, and he was on my mind, I said, I'm going to tell him this idea. The idea is for him to paint portraits of horses for people who have horses. Because people who have horses, they love their horses. Anybody here have a horse? Or know anybody has a horse? They love their horses, don't they? They love, I mean, they are like their children. And to, when you own a horse, I mean, it's a, it's a very expensive hobby. I mean, because you've got to pay for the, where they live, the stall, and the hay, and all of that. Do it, for, do it for dogs. Oh my God, I love it, absolutely. So yeah, pets, I'm gonna tell you all some industries. The pet industry, the baby industry, these are all hot, hot industries. The, the, the boomer industry, the relationship industry, uh, the health industry, these are all the things that people are gonna be really hot for right now. And of course the money industry. So if you sell anything or start your own business industry, I mean, these are hot topics. So, but I, you know, I was telling him, so I'm hoping that he's going to go out and do something with my idea, which is to take, you know, and start painting some horses and some dogs or something, because he can make a whole bunch of money doing that. But again, you know, but imagine having a teleseminar about, you know, people who own horses. I, I you know, and charging three and four hundred dollars for a teleseminar or workshops or something. You can do that easily, easily. So it's, and the overhead is low. Because that's the other thing when you're starting your business, keep your overhead low. Keep it really, really low. Don't go out and get a brick and mortar type business. I don't like franchises because they're too expensive. Anybody here own a franchise? Used to. What happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, restaurants. So let me get started. Because restaurants are the worst business because the money is so tight. You can, the profit margin is almost nothing because of the waste. But franchises, you know, you guys spend, you know, McDonald's is a million dollars or, or a couple million to get into a franchise. And they're not making as much money as they used to because people are not eating junk food like they used to. So that's all changed. But franchises are not the place to go because, again, it's brick and mortar. You can do, you can make so much money, and plus you work it 24-7. So again, think about the business is that so that you can be, make again, what I say, making money while you sleep, and you don't have to be there. It's all about lifestyle, isn't it? It's about freedom. It's about having, and what someone said earlier, what, uh, I was looking at uh, P. Diddy's show when he had that reality TV show. And he made one statement that I will never forget. And, I, and I've heard it before, but for some reason, when he said it, it just made a lot more sense. He said, time is money. And isn't it? Time is money. And so from here on out, I'm like, you know what? He's right. Time is money. And if I ain't making any money doing it, I'm not doing it. Okay? And that's just bottom line. And that is how we have to begin to think. Because I think what happens for us, again, going back to being nice people that we are, is that sometimes we say, well, you know, I'll do it. Okay. I'll take you to the airport. I'll do this for you. I'll do all that in the meantime, but that's your time. I'm not saying being selfish, but I'm just saying just really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just really think about what you're doing. Become more conscious.
questions about what you're doing. The next thing, event marketing, just like this. This is great. Like, look how many people are in here. Is this fantastic? So you can do the same type of thing where you can have boot camps. I do a super CEO boot camp, you know, where we have women come together and we learn how to start our own businesses. You know, you can do the same kind of thing just like this. These things work because people love to network. They love the camaraderie that you get from this. And I hope everybody, when you walk away from this weekend, that it doesn't just stop here that you connect, you've exchanged cards, you're talking to each other, you're doing joint ventures with each other, because you never know. You know, for example, I'm gonna use Oliver again, and, excuse me, your name is in, and Jesse. Jesse and Oliver could connect, right? Jesse, uh, Jesse has a nail shop, nail salon. He has a list of women, doesn't he? Come in there. Jesse can then go to Oliver and say, hey, let's do a joint venture. I will advertise about your business. You can advertise about my business. Could possibly even go like Jesse will say, for everybody who, for uh, Oliver, everyone, Oliver's clients, Jesse will give them half off for a manicure. You see what I'm saying? You gotta think like around marketing like that. So they can, they can, and it doesn't matter that they're not similar type businesses. Who cares? It's about how do you put them together, how do you market, and how do you both build up your businesses? See, that is what we gotta start doing, which is what we don't do in our community. I had someone say to me yesterday, last night when I was out here, that she had a cousin who was a millionaire, and he has never took any time to show anybody else in their family how to become a millionaire. But is that not prevalent in our community? Come on, tell the truth. Yeah. It's true in our community. We don't share about how I did it or how you did it. That's why this is so important that we have this. Because once you get it, then you sure better go back and tell your family and your friends and your, your sons and your daughters how you did this. Because again, we gotta pass on what? A legacy. Because see, that's what we're not doing. We're not passing on any kind of a legacy in our community. Our children are all having to start from ground zero. And when you have to start from ground zero every year, you're not going to be able to lessen that gap, the wealth gap, which is why our gap is still so big. Because our kids, we're not, we're not taking, we're not giving them anything to work with. So when they come out of college, they got a hundred grand worth of debt. Can they go out and buy a house with all that debt? Maybe, but maybe not. It's kind of hard to go out there and get a, and, and get a house or start your own business when you got a hundred grand on your credit report. That's the difference. So we got to start passing on our wealth to our children. But the key point here is that you gotta teach them how to, what to do with the wealth, what to do with the money. Because what if you pass it on to them and what happens? What are they gonna do? They're gonna spend it. It'll be gone in a year, I can guarantee you. I've seen it happen. I've had clients who have come to me, their parents may have died, their father died, left them an insurance policy for $500,000, and the next year it is gone. I said, what'd you do with the money? Well, I took this trip, I blowed it out to so-and-so over here, I bought a new car over here. And before you know it, it's gone. Nothing, no assets. Again, because we're not financially educated. 
So that's another reason why you've got to make sure that you're passing this information on to your family and friends. The next thing I have is the public relations. And as we were talking about earlier, I'm using, I just hired Russell Simmons, PR person. Because I want her to help me to get like Susie Orman. I'm not going to lie. Susie Orman's bringing in $25 million a year. Okay? And you know why she's so big? I'm not going to say it. She an Oprah her, right. You know, but I'm not hating on her. Because I know it's enough for me too. You know? I just got to get out there more. And that's all, it's for the same thing with you. So when you have your business, you get out there, you write articles. You write articles in the newspaper. You know, go do a column. So if your specialty is, you know, cooking or, or uh, computers or whatever, you write a column in the newspaper. Go to them and say, look, I'd like to write a column in the local newspaper. Start, start locally. Get on TV locally. You gotta become the expert. You're the specialist and you're gonna be famous. That's how you make money in this country by being famous, by, by making, um, you know, again, just branding yourself. The key is branding. That's the one word what you want to write down is branding. Branding yourself so that you become the go-to person for whatever it is that is your topic. Okay? That's the topic that you want to go to. So you're the go-to person. The next thing is direct mail. Using snail mail postcards. People don't believe that, but they still work. You know why? Because everyone stopped using them. They're all doing stuff on the internet. So now, if you send a postcard about your business or your service or your product, people are going to read it. As a matter of fact, it's actually, I think, better. Because how many people in here get so much inter, uh, internet? I am so sick of it. I'm telling you, I was telling my assistant, I said, I wish they had never been in the email. I'm in the email, I'm sorry, not the internet. Email. Because I get, you know, so much email, and I can't answer all the emails. And I have like five email addresses. So every day, you know, she's got to go look at all these different email addresses. She's got to go through them and see who it is. I'm like sick of it already, you know? So personally, I think, I mean, I think you should do continue your marketing on the internet with email, but I would, I've been using snail mail and postcards, and it's been getting me a great return. Hmm? You can hold it, yes, and it's tangible, and people can see it. Because again, we're getting away from that. We all have this whole inter the email and the internet, you don't get anything in your hand. So when you get someone sends a nice envelope and you, you know, oh, what is this? It's like a little gift or something. You know, and especially if you send, they call them, um, they're like, I don't know if they can remember the name, but 3D type envelopes where they may have something bulky inside of it. It always gets opened up. Always gets opened up. Someone sent me, I think it was Mark Victor Hansen, the guys who wrote Ticket for the Soul. They sent me a, I got this big envelope. I'm on their mailing list. And they sent me this big envelope, and it looked like a priority mail type envelope. And it was bulky and kind of heavy. And I was like, well, what is this? And immediately I opened it. And it was a tray, some silver platter. And it's, I don't even remember the exact thing, but it said something about we're handing you something on a silver platter. And it was such a great thing, you know, and I thought, and I kept, I, you know, I still have, I still have, this was like maybe five, six years ago. 
and I still have that flat. So sending out bulky things like that, and again, it depends on whatever it is that you're selling. So if you're selling something that's like, you know, worth $400, it's worth it to send a silver platter or something bulky for three bucks, isn't it? Because you don't, you don't need a lot to generate sales. So doing the snail mail, using the postcards, really, you know, that's the way to go if you're gonna do some marketing with your business. Real estate, I'm not gonna talk too much about that because you already learned a lot about real estate, but this is gonna be a part of your whole marketing, your whole business system. Everybody in here should be buying property. Everybody in here. You gotta buy property. This is the time. Don't you know that Donald Trump and everybody else right now, they just buying up a whole bunch of stuff right now. In fact, I was watching CNBC last night, Donnie Deutsch, after I came up, when I went upstairs last night. You all watch Donnie Deutsch, The Big Idea? Well, he was on last night, and he had uh, Donald Trump's son on there. And he said to him, uh, no, he asked him, he said, well, are you, are you not spending as much money as you used to? And he said, no, he said, no, we're not. He said, because what we're doing is we're saving up all of our money because we're looking for opportunities to buy up. They're gonna go buy a whole bunch of property. They're gonna be owning cities and neighborhoods. Don't you think, you know that? They are. They're gonna be buying up neighborhoods, they're gonna be buying up all these cities because all the people who have no property are losing their, their property. So that's why we gotta get in the game, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is the one time I gotta say this. We have got to get in this game. So if you all did not purchase any of that real estate stuff, you need to rethink it because you do need a real estate system. And if you can get in, because it's gotta be a part of your whole entire empire. It's really important. So don't let this go by. See, we're always, black folks are always late to the game. This is the one time we don't have to be late. The one time we don't have to be late. But we can't let the fear stop us. It's scary? Yes. It is, it's always going to be scary. When I walked away from my job with Dean Witter to start my own firm, I remember it being very scary because it was January 1989 and I just found out that I was pregnant. So here I am walking away from a, you know, a job, a six-figure job, and somewhat of a steady paycheck because I was struggling on commission, but you know, every two weeks I got that paycheck, you know. So here I'm walking away and have a new baby on the rock on the coming line. I was like, oh, am I making a deci bad decision here? But I said, no, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I'm just going to step out there with faith and just let it happen. And that was 19 years ago. And here I am. My son is 19 years old. He just went to, he's in film school right now. He's going to film school in San Francisco. I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco area. He's right now in uh, San Francisco School of Digital Fine uh, Filmmaking. And honey, we already got plans. I told him we're going to create a production company. Hello. I said, we're going to be the next television. Okay? The next Tyler Perry. I'm serious. Because you know what I told him? See, I'm always teaching him about business. And he, he's like, you know, when he was a little boy, he would say to me, oh, mom, you know, I don't really want to know about that. You know how kids are. I don't really want to understand that. I don't want to know about that. But I was always talking to him about business. This is what the Jewish community does that we don't do. And I was always talking to him about business. So you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta have your own house, you gotta do this, 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 and this, and this. And so when he told me, he said, I'm, I'm really interested in filmmaking, I mean, I jumped on that. So quick, I was like, here's the school. You know, I was doing all the work. 
Because I wanted him, because like, then I, when I looked at it, and I went back behind the scenes, and I said, wait a minute, there's no black people behind the scenes. There isn't anybody. Who's making all the money? It's not the actors and actresses, because I, I met Delroy Lindo, Delray, is it Delray? Delroy. I met Delroy, Delroy Lindo about a month ago at a party. He was in the Bay Area. I didn't know that. He was in the Bay Area. We were at a party. And we were talking about the industry. And he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, I did not play the game right. He said, I didn't play the game. He said, I didn't understand it. He said, I wish I had known what I know today. And that is that you got to be behind the scenes. He said, the folks who are up, because we think you're making a lot of money, all the actors and actresses, they're not making no money. They are not making any money. It is the directors, the producers, the folks behind the scenes, they are the ones who are making all the money. Now Will Smith, and I think someone mentioned Will Smith, he was smart because what he did was not only did he get an upfront fee, but he said, I want ticket sales. I want a percentage of those ticket sales. So he had someone good. You know, Oprah was the same way. I don't know if you all know Oprah's story. She had a good attorney. Oprah had a really, really good attorney. And when, uh, who happened to be Jewish. Let me tell you, when it comes to business, you better get your Jewish mentor. I'm serious. They don't play. And they know about business. Well, anyway, Oprah, if you all know or don't know, but her story was that when, um, I, don't, I think it was King, King's World, her distributor, when they came to her, they said, look, we're going to give you $150,000. And her attorney said, oh, no. That's not enough. We want a percentage of all the advertising dollars that comes in from the show. That's why Oprah is a billionaire today. Because she gets a percentage. So that's why, if you notice, how many commercials? I'm so sick of what I watch. I'm like, see, every time, we want to break. We got to go to break. We got to go to break. Because she always has so many commercials. Because she's getting paid on every single one. Wouldn't you have a lot of commercials too? Shoot. Sure. <laughs> Let's do all commercials, half hour commercials. <laughs> I'll be doing the same thing. So that's what we're talking about. So here again, it's learning how to play the game. And then you play hardball. So if you can't play hardball, you better have somebody on your team to play hardball. Russell Simmons, when I was listening to him today, he had somebody on his team to play hardball. You know that. Because he didn't seem like to me the kind of guy that would play hardball. Because he didn't come off that way to me. I don't know how, what about to you all? He just didn't seem like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, Russell had somebody on his team that was playing hardball. Because you can't make $150, $250 million and be nice all the time. You just can't. You just cannot. We can, I can, you know, I was in that fantasy land a long time ago. That's why I'm here today, telling you all the real deal. The guys in business, you know, they read the book. You ever heard of the book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu? Machiavellian, The Prince. They read it in those kind of books. So if, you're, if they're reading those kind of books, they have the strategies in these books on how they operate. You all need to be reading these books. If you're, if you're going to be in a serious business and you're going to be making serious money, you've got to understand how to play that hardball game. And the strategies, because they're going to come at 
me with this stuff. You know, like, well, what is, what, oh, I don't know, what do I do? It's already, it's already written down in history. You, you can read, go back and read, oh, they're doing this. Well, then let me counter with this. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, you've got to play hardball. You've got to learn how to play the stock market game. The market's down, yes, I know. This is the time, just like real estate. How many people in here are investing in, real, in, in stocks? Not that many people. We've never been in this game. We have never been in the stock market game. We've always been afraid. And we have every right to be, because what happens is the market is really run by the psychology of the, it's a mob mentality, really, mob psychology. So when it, somebody comes to the office or the, or the trade, on the trading floor and they ain't happy, then you know it's just like if something's negative and then everything starts falling down. So in some sense, you know, you do feel like you lose control. You really, you know, you don't know how to handle. You don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not saying you have all of your money tied up in here, but you should have some of your money tied up in here in the market. And I can tell you that it's really quite simple and really easy to invest. And if anybody wants to know, we're going to talk more about that a little bit later on. I mean, I have a system now for buying stocks. Because when I was a broker, that's all I did. And in my own financial firm, I, all I do is do stocks. I didn't do the mutual funds and all the other things. I can pick a stock for you, I can make you a ton of money. When I, uh, I remember back in um, the, the other, the crash was, uh, was it 87? 87, I think it was October 87, and well, that was a, the real big one, which at the time was nothing compared to what's going on today. And I was always the kind of person that would be the contrarian investor. The contrarian is someone who always does the opposite about what everybody else is doing. That's why even today, well, I'm trying to tell you all to be the contrarians, because when you're a contrarian, that's when you make the serious money. So with the stock market, when it was all falling down, I was out there buying. Me personally and for my clients. Some of them didn't go with me because they were scared. Some of them did go with me. We bought Walt Disney, we bought Starbucks, we bought all the, the good companies that we knew were not gonna fall off the planet because of the market went down. We bought quality issues. I'll tell you, just to give you an example, um, we bought BET. BET went down to nine dollars. Anybody in your own BET stock? Nobody. That's why it's no longer public. Because nobody bought it. But let me tell you about BET. Let me tell you about Disney first. Walt Disney, when I bought it that day, it had dropped from like eighty-nine dollars, and it went down to I think it was thirty-two. One day drop. Well, Walt Disney is, what's going to happen with Walt Disney? Are they still going to have the amusement park? Is it going to disappear? No. So I said, wait a minute. I'm going to go in there and buy me some Walt Disney stock. So I called up some clients and said, you want to buy some? Only one person went with me on it. It was a lady. She had a lot of money. I bought 500 shares. She bought about 1,000. Ten months later, Walt Disney was $160. Yes, what I'm talking about. Four for one split. Four for one. So I had 2,000 shares. She had 4,000. How much money was that? It was a lot. It was a lot. BET, 
paid nine dollars for it. When BET came out, it was twenty bucks. Nobody bought it. Neely went down to like seven. I said, okay, I'll buy it when it starts going back up. So it went up to nine. Had it for about maybe eight months. Bob Johnson says, I don't like this. I don't like this game. Nobody's buying it. I don't like the board of directors. They tell me how to run my company. I went out. So when a company wants out, what do they do? They got to buy the stock back. They bought it back, $64 a share. I paid nine. I had 100 shares. I should have bought more. I'm sorry I didn't. I didn't know. But that's how you make money in the stock market. And so what I'm here to share with you is that it's easy. You can do it too. The really good thing that you all can make money on, I love this, is called continuity programs. You ever heard of that name? Remember? That name, continuity? Few people. They're membership programs. So in your particular niche, let's take the lady who has the sewing. She has a continuity program, a membership program, which allows her to could have all her members come together and they talk on the telephone, they do teleseminars, they make it together, but she's always teaching them about different, she may have speakers come on and talk about knitting or sewing or whatever. For that, you pay a monthly fee. There was a woman that was on, uh, I saw her on the, on the uh, Today Show. She has a membership program for coupons. Y'all probably heard of her. The grocery store lady, have you heard about this? Anyone hear about this, yes or no? Yes? Okay. Coupons, listen to this, grocery, grocery store coupons. What she does is she goes out and she gets all the coupons. And for $9.95 a month, and I guess she must get them from the company. She goes after the companies and they give her coupons. So for $9.95 a month, she will send you these grocery store coupons. $9.95 a month. Okay, now here's, you all, you're all sitting down. She has 500,000 people in her list. Okay, so you multiply. $9.95 times 500,000 a month. Do you hear me? Are, are you all getting this? Nine ninety five a month, five hundred thousand people. Hello. I'm, like, could you do that? You could come up with something for nine ninety five a month, a membership. You could offer something. You could do a newsletter. Hello? Can we do this? Yes. You gotta have a system though. Whew, are y'all excited now? Yes. I see I say the best for last. <laughs> I knew that was gonna get you. Five hundred thousand times nine ninety-five a month. That's unbelievable. When I read that I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is it. This is how this is the American dream. And we can all do that. A newsletter, because there's somebody in there, there's some, there, like I'm saying, you find that niche. You find that niche. You offer them a membership program, a continuity program. You don't even have to have 500,000. 
If you had 20,000, that's still good money, okay? Hello, 10,000. And it's not that difficult to get. Once you know who your niche is, because you can find the niche once you know them. But you want to get that niche, you want to narrow it all the way down. Because like right now, my niche, I'm doing a special niche program for nurses with who want to take care of their money. So I'm going after nurses right now. So I can break it all the way down. So now I can have me a membership program. Are y'all listening? A membership program just for nurses on how to manage your money. I'm going to charge, you know, some $12.95 or something a month. How many nurses are out there? There's a lot of nurses. Are you a nurse? Would you join my program? Thank you. See there? Confirmation right there. I, haven't even, I don't even have it out here yet. But she... Okay. So I'll give you a broker fee. <laughs> but you see how this operates? Are you all getting this? You understand how, what I'm trying? I'm trying to open up your mind so you can see how this stuff operates. Because you know, we, don't, we don't do this stuff. We're not, used to, we're not used to thinking this way and opening up our mind and talking to people. So that's why when you leave here after me or this weekend, you start thinking about who do I know that I can joint venture with, partner up with, we can do some business together. Because one thing, you cannot do it by yourself. That's one thing I've learned the hard way. You cannot do it by yourself. But you can partner up with people. You can partner up with folks and do it, okay? So, so are you, is this good or what? Thank you.